between tween his he hit him with the jab, get a good look, good look, good look, good look, good look, good look, good look. Iso zones, breaking bones. Put your hands up when you get sent home off a good look. Good look, good look, good look, good look, good look, good look. It's the good look podcast. It's the good look podcast. It's the it's the it's the it's the it's the good look podcast. Yes, sir, and welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 54 of the Good Luck Podcast. I'm your host, Leonard Pinkney, a.k.a. Agent P, a.k.a. L. Pinkney, here to give you guys another episode deep in the heart of the second round of the NBA postseason. Shit's getting real, y'all. It's getting really real. Getting real injury prone, too, unfortunately. I'll talk about that in a second, but please go on my Instagram at the Good Luck Podcast. Please share um the post please like the post comment the post all of the things with the post it's really appreciated i'm on the dsps apple or spotify please leave a review Uh, five stars would be amazing i really appreciate it thank you very much twitter as well at the good look podcast is where you're gonna find the link now let's get into it y'all because we got a lot to talk about so I'll start off with the firings. So first firing, Stan Van Gundy um, for the New Orleans Pelicans. He um, he got the boot after one year. A little bit surprising, but not at the same time. There were a lot of negative stories coming out of New Orleans and how he was handling the team. So um, not much of a shock in that regard. Um, it's just we it's it's just tough because New Orleans has to eat the rest of his contract now. They just had they just signed him last year, so. Um, It's not really looking good for the team that's trying to show Zion that, hey, this is a place you want to be long term. Here's your third coach in three years. But um, it is what it is. Uh, Stan Van Gundy is the kind of personality that sometimes wears thin on people. And when you saw some uh, you saw some uh, mic'd up moments with him, um, some quotes that are a little bit puzzling and head scratching. So it's not too much of a surprise he's getting the boot Uh, right now. Early indications are they're going to look internally. Fred Vincent is a guy who's been an assistant for a while in the NBA. He looks like he'll be a top candidate as well as Teresa Witherspoon, actually. Former WNBA great who's a coach on the staff. She um, went viral um, for one of the stories she told. um, And she also just happens to be um, a solid assistant coach. So if she got the gig, that'd be amazing. Um, First woman and then black woman to go ahead and be the first NBA coach and, and or first female head coach in NBA history would be incredible. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, the next firing, kind of firing. When you say part ways, you get fired. Um, Scott Brooks out in Washington after five seasons. He got him to the postseason three times in five years. So, I mean, that's not bad considering what Washington really has to work with here. But um, I guess they were just looking for a new voice, maybe trying to please Brad as much as possible because he's got one year left on his deal and then it's a player option. Um, Russell Westbrook, um, they got to eat three years of his deal, so he's going to be there. Um, it's He was close to Scott Brooks, obviously. He was his first coach, so um, we'll see how Russ takes it. But um, they just have to get healthy. Um, they need guys to continue to step up, like Denny Abdia and, and Rui Hachimura took some steps. Um, you guys like Thomas Bryant to get healthy again and continue to build uh, through the draft and, and see if they can get another guy to hit. 
and potentially get a veteran or two on that roster, um, then they could they could probably be a pretty good team. Um, they had higher expectations because they started off so slow this year, but we'll see what happens with them in the next season. Um, no in early intel on the watch, or there actually is uh, Wes Unsell Jr. Um, he is an assistant coach for the Nuggets right now. Um, he looks to be a top candidate for them. Uh, so if he gets the job, that'd be really dope. Um, Denver has done a good job in terms of the head coaching and um, front office department and, and, and helping out other teams, uh, most notably Masai, uh, Ujiri going from the Nuggets to the Raptors. Um, Tim Conley almost went to the Wizards because he's from D.C. Um, he's our current president, but he decided to stay. Uh, Wes Unsell Jr. has been a talked-about name for a while, um, and he would definitely deserve it. He took over whenever Coach Malone would get kicked out, so if he gets the gig, that'd be a really good get for the for the Wizards. Donnie Nelson, um, he's the GM for the Dallas Mavericks and one of the people who's really close to Luka. He is out after 23 seasons with the club. He was there when they drafted Dirk, and he was there when they drafted Luka. So it's an incredible resume to have, um, and we're going to see how it goes. I He's also responsible for some um, not-so-great moves, like not re-signing Steve Nash and, and trading for Chris Stapps, which doesn't look great right now. So, um, But no GM is perfect. Uh, to go ahead and say you drafted Luka and Dirk, I mean, that's that pretty much solidifies a, a GM legacy right there. So, so shout-out to him. Uh, we'll see if he even gets another gig or how Dallas is going to approach things. There have been some whispers about Luca possibly not being happy with the organization. How are things going to move forward? He's going to be fine. Um, it's really hard, really hard to pass up the first rookie deal. Um, every rookie deal is structured. Essentially, it's, it's called a 2 plus 2. Um, you get two years up front that are guaranteed. And then the other two years are team options. So the team can decide if they want to keep you or not. If you're a great player, teams usually obviously just pick it up. The salary increases over time. So just say it's a $5 million deal in the first year, increases to 7, increases to 9, increases to 11 or 13, depending on performance. So things like that. And then after your fourth season, your rookie deal kicks in. And depending on how good you are, you could be eligible for... Um, it's funny, just three or four years ago, Supermax was probably five years, 150, 160. Um, now, if you make all NBA teams or things like that, you can get five years close to 200. If you're in your second contract, like Jokic, his deal is going to be like five years, almost 260, 270. It's going to get ridiculous. So um, for guys in their first contracts, um, you obviously still make a lot of money. Um, in your first four seasons in the NBA, um, close to like 20 to 30 million, which obviously anyone would love. But when you're in a position to say you're a superstar or looked at as someone who has an incredible amount of potential at that age, and you can sign a max deal, if you can get five years 150, five years 200, who's passing that up? No one is. No one's been bold enough. Not a good superstar. No one. Not a great player has been bold enough to take what's called the qualifying offer so what you would do um, is instead of accepting the extension to play for five more years you would actually just sign for a qualifying offer which is just a one-year deal so after your two and two is up you sign a one-year and then you could become an unrestricted free agent no one's done it just for the reasons i've said before 
but someone will someone will eventually and it's going to be awesome when that happens because the amount of speculation and the amount of interest that story will draw is going to be something likes we've never seen even that would be that would be like if lebron after his first two and two decided i'm going to sign a qualifying offer and i'm going to become a free agent at 23 could you imagine if lebron james was a free agent at 23 years old he ended up being a free agent at 25 which is nuts but to be a free agent that early would be an incredible incredible position to be in um you would think it'd be someone like zion or luca who maybe would do it um but luca he has already given indications that he's gonna sign his max and zion despite all the cachet and how great of a player he is he has a propensity to get hurt so i don't know if he'd be willing to risk nor would his representatives suggest that he risk five years 200 just so he could be a free agent four years earlier than expected so um but when it happens it's gonna be awesome and i can't wait for it to happen um now we got some unfortunate things to talk about in terms of injuries Kawhi, um the clippers fear he might have an acl injury no indication as to what it is yet usually when you hear acl it's a tear um i've heard of guys spraining their mcls or pcls um I guess you can sprain your ACL as well, but it's the ligament, obviously, that runs through the middle of your knee. It must be really hard to sprain it. Most of the time, it just tears. Um, So hopefully, Kawhi's injury is a sprain. I've never heard of a sprained ACL when I've, for all the years I've watched basketball. Like I said, I've only heard the other two ligaments being sprained. I know Steph Curry sprained his MCL um in the 2016 finals run in the second round against houston that was an awkward fall it was scary i thought he tore his acl but it was um his knee collapsing inward um and that's what happened to him against the rockets he was able to come back um against portland and and put on a show um and then they just ended up losing it in the finals but um let's hope a speedy recovery for Kawhi if he's out it's really brutal because he'd be out for a majority if not all of next season because the nba calendar is going to start right away again in october you know injury is usually nine to twelve month recovery and you still need time to just get back into shape um so uh prayers up for Kawhi for sure man um and another bit of bad news it was a lot of bad nba news to start the morning yesterday uh, Chris Paul enters health and safety protocols. Um, his his Western Conference Finals availability is now in question. Um, he has COVID. Um, that story came out a little bit later. He got COVID. He has been vaccinated, and he still got COVID. Um, but I guess the science tells us that your symptoms won't be as severe. Um, so hopefully everything with Chris is fine personally, him and his family as well. It's just, it's another bout of bad luck. Like he, I'm not going to poop, well, I'll talk about it in a second. But um, he has gotten so much bad luck in the postseason. Um, and for this to happen to him at this uh, at this time is just devastating. Um, so the, fi- the Western Conference Finals might start either Monday or Wednesday uh, of next week, depending on how far 
the Jazz Clippers series goes. Um, so he he could miss up to two games. He could miss up to four, just depending on how the days fall with the protocol. Hopefully it's it's none, but it's looking like he's going to miss at least one or two. Um, let's hope he gets back as soon as possible because he's been playing great. Um, it would suck that he'd have to sit out any portion of time, but hopefully he gets back in there soon. Um, this one was annoying, even though I know he's right, um, but I'm still going to comment on it. Um, it was LeBron. So LeBron told everyone in a series of three tweets um, that he was right. Um, <laughs> no one wanted to believe him when they said that we'd start the season early. Um, he just he, he went off in three straight tweets. And uh, it was... It's calculated because LeBron is obviously always calculated. Um, so, but here's, I'll go ahead and read it word for word. So LeBron said, um, they all didn't want to listen to me about the start of the season. I knew exactly what would happen. I only wanted to protect the well-being of the players, which ultimately is the product and benefit of our game. These injuries isn't just part of the game. It's the lack of pure rim rest. Um pure rest before starting back up eight possibly nine all-stars have missed playoff games most in league history this is the best time of the year for our league and fans but missing a ton of our fave players it's insane if there's one person to know about the body and how it works it's me all year round i speak for the health of all of our players and i hate to see this many injuries this time of the year sorry fans wish you guys were seeing all your fave guys right now now, LeBron technically isn't wrong. Um, I tried to look up a couple articles, and I found two. One of them said injuries are around, the average is about 6% of players are injured per year. Um, and another article uh, came up with a figure that said players have missed around 2,900 games this season. Um, the most is around 3100 and that was the 2016 season and they made a note to say that that was obviously an 82 game season versus a 72 so technically we're on pace for more um but not by much i think it's it's twofold with this first of all i don't think the injuries are something that um are just new to this year um i think we notice more this year because the high-profile guys are getting hurt. Um, but there have been so many different seasons where injuries play a part, and injuries play a part in every single season. It's a part of winning basketball is having players be available at the right time, and it's unfortunate because that's something you really can't control too much. There are a lot of different preventative measures that guys try to do and work out with and all these different things, but... If you're injury prone or if you get caught in an unfortunate situation, you can't really help but getting hurt. It just is what it is. So usually the teams that are obviously the most talented, but the ones who can stay the most healthy usually have the best odds at winning a championship. And that's something you can't predict. That's why we just try to do our best with, with the information that we got. But pertaining to LeBron, like I said, I'm, I don't think he's like super wrong here it sucks that the best players in the league we don't get to watch them right now and a lot of the postseason has been affected by um how much health um has played a factor in it but i 
the only thing I push back on with LeBron is that he's just saying something that's that's really easy to say. Um, and this is something that I actually pick up from uh, Bumani Jones. Bumani Jones is amazing, man. Um, he says that a lot of the stuff that LeBron, quote unquote, takes a stance on, which isn't a bad thing, per se. Um, a lot of it is stuff that is not really going to be that hard to agree with, you know? Um, if you you fight for um, like higher education and, and wanting people to be more educated, you're fighting for um, the vote, fighting against Donald Trump. Obviously, like your supporters are going to support that. Um, and it's it's not really saying too much. It's just kind of keeping things in your um, in your comfort zone in terms of how you how you're going to get supported. A lot of LeBron fans are going to obviously support what he's saying here. But my biggest issue is he's saying all these things, but what's the alternative? Now, he tweeted right after. He said, and I know about the business side of this, too, so don't try to miss. Don't try to get me there. I know what I'm talking about. So, all right. So what would the other option have been? We're in a global pandemic still. Everyone knew what the financial ramifications of the bubble were and how much money was lost there. How much more money were they willing to lose starting the season either later or having it condensed more or having a potential second or third season affected? Because if they decided, hey, we're going to start the season in March and you're only going to play 40 games, you know how much revenue is lost in that in that's in that situation or if they decided to play another 72 so they could try to gain some of that revenue back you're gonna peel into what november december and then you not only affect next season you're going to affect the start of the season after that that's two more seasons affected than if you had just gutted it out this year like everyone's doing and starting the season again normally in October this year. So I, like I said, I don't necessarily disagree with LeBron on everything, but um, it's easy to say this. Like, it's real easy to say this. What's the alternative? If you had the alternative, then please, like, enlighten us on that. All you're doing is saying, I told y'all we shouldn't have started this season at this point in time. Okay, then when should we have? And if we did, what are the ramifications for the future? So um, that's my only pushback on it. But it is what it is. LeBron's going to LeBron's going to LeBron. Um, Jokic isn't going to play for the Serbian national team. It makes sense. He's been in deep playoff runs for the past three seasons. Um, And he was one. He's obviously one of the four guys who led the final four teams in the NBA bubble playoffs last season. Jokic played every game this season, so it, it makes sense that he's going to take some time. There's already pictures on the internet uh, and videos with him and his horses in Serbia, so my guy's out there enjoying his time. Go ahead, MVP. Do what you got to do. Get some rest, man. LaMelo Ball, man. Melo Ball won the Rookie of the Year. There's a video when Miles Bridges presenting it to him. Kids not even paying attention, but it's kind of funny. Um, Average 16, 6, and 6. Almost lost out on the award to Anthony Edwards because he missed 
um, about four weeks with the with the hurt wrist, but he was able to come back, um, get enough games into where the voters didn't think it was enough to to have him lose the award because he was the leader all the way through the first three months, and then he ended up getting hurt. So, um, shout out to Lamelo for for getting that award. Dude definitely deserves it. Um, Charlie got a good one, man. It's he he single handedly helped create interest in that franchise. So shout out to him, man. All NBA teams were announced. I'll start with the defense first. All defensive second team was Jimmy Butler, uh, Matisse Thybul, Bam Adebayo, Kawhi Leonard, Joel Embiid. And then all NBA first team defense was Ben Simmons, Drew Holiday, Draymond Green, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Rudy Gobert. Now, I kind of talked about this a little bit on the last pod. Defense is something that's really hard to play, especially today. And your defensive impact isn't going to be as great as what an offensive player's impact will be. Um, So that's why the split is usually around 70, 40, 60, 30 in terms of the importance of offense versus defense. But you still need to play it. And all these guys on these two lists are are definitely worthy. Matisse Thibel is going to be a guy who, if he can stay on the court, because offensively he's very limited, um, he's going to continue to rack up these defensive team selections. Um, it's funny that there are two bucks on this list, but no one could stop KD, which I'll talk about in a moment. Uh, ben Simmons, elite defender. Draymond, elite defender, got back to that position again this year. It was really nice to see. And Rudy Gobert, defensive player of the year, obviously going to be there. Jimmy Butler has been a great defender, and so is Kawhi. I think they're getting away with a little bit more of their rep. Um, they're not as good of defenders as they used to be, but they're still really good guys when they're on. Um, and Joel Embiid, bam, two great big man defenders definitely deserve to be there. But then we get into the nitty gritty. These are the lists that um, affect contracts for some reason. Um, these are the lists that uh, highlight the 15 best players in our league for one particular season. And it was a tough vote. Some guys got left off, and it's really hard to imagine why, but. There's only 15 spots. So All-NBA third team, Bradley Beal, Kyrie Irving, Jimmy Butler, Paul George, and Rudy Gobert. All-NBA second team, Damian Lillard, Chris Paul, Julius Randle, LeBron James, and Joel Embiid. And the first team, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Giannis, Kawhi Leonard, and the MVP, Nikola Jokic. So I don't really have too many problems with it. I probably would have put LeBron on the third team. Um, I don't know if I would have had Paul George. Um, Russell Westbrook got left off, and he had obviously a spectacular year stats-wise. Um, but a lot of guys that left off, like Zach Levine and, and, and others like that, um, only Chris Paul from the Suns made it, no Devin Booker. Um, Donovan Mitchell didn't make any of the teams, and he was the he was on the, the best team with the best record in the league this year. So... Um, but it is what it is. It's not just record, obviously. It's 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 um it's your statistics, and then how everything ties in together. It's almost like um, how we reward the MVP. Um, there's guys like Trey Young who put up great stats, but um, when you connect it to the resume and the record, um, some guys just don't measure up totally. So that's why some names get left on the list. But I'm not mad at it at all. Um, Kawhi being first team, I, I get it. I like that they did it this way. 
um, because they did make Jokic and Embiid forward eligible. Um, thank goodness they didn't make the both make the first team just because of the way tradition works. I think it's nice that they kept it one center, one center, one center for each of the teams. So that was awesome to see. And yeah, like I said, I don't really have too many problems with it. But all right, guys, let's go ahead and get into the second round, the first series that ended. This feels like years ago. I was there. Um, I took a trip to Denver to go watch my favorite team play. Um, I was there in the arena. I was in Ball Arena for Game 3 when they presented Jokic with the MVP award. It was an incredible moment. I was going to go to Game 4, but then I was like, man, this moment may never happen again in the history of the Nuggets. I got to go see this in person. So I went ahead and, and switched my tickets up and went to Game 3. Even though it was an L, it was an incredible experience to be there and then watch him get his MVP and see all the teammates support him. Truly deserved it. 26-11-8, and eight, almost 9 assists per game. He was absolutely spectacular for this team, carried him. And I think this postseason, I know a lot of people want to talk about the sweep and like how it's an indictment. I think it shows how much strength and how much this dude really had to carry. Um, when you saw the offensive pieces around him and the defensive pieces around him, just looking at the teams straight up, the Suns were just a better team. Jokic had to be amazing, amazing in order for them to even have a chance in this series. He just wasn't able to do it. And when you have Austin Rivers and Faku Campazzo and Michael Porter Jr. not playing well, Aaron Gordon don't know how to make shots. All these guys have some limitations offensively, um, it put such a burden on Jokic that it just wasn't enough. Um, Chris Paul in the clincher, 37-7, and seven, an absolute assassin in the mid-range. Book had 34-11. and 11. Um, Jokic got ejected, which made no goddamn sense whatsoever. Um, he slapped down on, on campaign, grazed his face. Cameron Payne act like he got shot, and that's probably the reasons why they turned it to a flagrant two. They said it was unnecessary, malicious, blah, blah, blah. It was bullshit. I can't believe they kicked out the MVP of an elimination game. So that was really whack. Um, he had 22 and 11 up to that point, too. He was balling. Um, but the the cool little side story as well is that for game four, um, there's a bar in Denver called the DNVR bar. And they specialize, obviously, in just uh, Denver sports in general. But for for that night it turned into a denver bar and even though the mood was a little bit solemn because they're down 3-0 um i was able to get over there and, and it was a really fun time met some cool people um people obviously who are nuggets fans riding it out even though the team's down 3-0 um and the guys over at dnvr they do a pre and post game show for every nuggets game and i watch them literally all the time um and they they saw my tweet because i tweeted out hey i'm from san diego visiting the bar um, let's see how we do for game four. They actually replied to me um, and said they, they'd come say hi. And, and they actually did. Brennan Vote, who's one of the um, hosts on the show, he he let me on. They took me up to their media area, um, gave me a shot of Rakia, which is a Serbian brandy. Um, and then I got to meet Adam Morris, who's the main host there. Got to meet D-Line Co., who's one of the hosts on there as well and then their producer kale who was super dope they asked me because they only had three people for the show you it's a four-man team they asked me if i wanted to be on and i had my porter jersey on and i was like sure i'll do it so i got on the show um it was really fun i saw the comments the comments were funny um it was a youtube live so it was 
it was fun seeing the comments. Um, people were supportive of the boy. They said I had some nice points, and, and I appreciated that a lot. Um, even even Brendan Vote when I made a point was like, "Yo, relax. Like, we appreciate your points, but I don't want you to take my job." That was really flattering. Um, honestly, I, I I couldn't believe it because it's a show I literally watch all the time. I see the couch, I see the four microphones, and the fact that I was able to get on one of those, um, and it and it had a positive effect. People were were saying nice things about it. Um, that was a, an incredible experience, and it made my trip. Honestly, man, it was one of the coolest things I've ever been a part of. Um, so shout out to DMVR. I really really appreciate those guys for letting me on, and and it was an incredible experience. I hope to do more, and I hope to go to that bar more in the future. But um, to put the Nuggets and Suns series, put a bow on it. Um, even though Chris Paul, I was gonna, I didn't want to poo poo it too much because Chris Paul has gotten so he's gotten so much bad injury luck. I think it's just his turn to finally catch a break. Um, and then the news came out with the COVID stuff, which was so uh, unfortunate. But he caught a, he caught some breaks. He hit an injured Lakers team in the first round, and he played an injured Nuggets team in the second round. Um, so I I wanted to bring that up, and I was going to be like, do I make that a point as a negative? And I was like, it kind of is, but it shouldn't be. Because over the years, Chris Paul has had so much injury luck, and he's now catching it again. So um, if he gets a chance to, to get to the finals, and if he gets a chance to catch a break, then he deserves it. Man. He's, he's been the point god. He's been in the league forever. Um, he deserves some breaks, too. So I hope that uh, the COVID protocol for him goes really quickly, and he's able to get back on the court as soon as possible because the Suns, thoroughly thoroughly um handled that series the one thing i will point out though is that denver never adjusted to the pick and roll i don't know why we never went under on any screens because chris paul was just diving to the mid-range and getting buckets every time if we go under a couple of screens just change the looks up sometimes you don't have to have Jokic come up and switch every single time because if you do that what's going to happen he's going to get cooked so go under the screen try to contest the threes chris paul really wasn't shooting that many threes that well he was shooting all mid-range jumpers just adjust um and i'm disappointed that they didn't adjust in that regard but phoenix to their credit if they're not going to adjust you keep doing the same thing over and over again until it until they stop it they never did that equals a sweep um bucks nets it was literally one of the most spectacular performances in nba history kevin durant in 48 minutes he played all 48 minutes 49 points 17 rebounds 10 assists one of the best performances in nba history considering all the circumstances kyrie irving goes down james harden ends up playing 46 minutes on a bad leg goes one for 10 is pretty much less than less than a shell of himself he had guys that really weren't helping him other than Uncle Jeff Green who dropped in a, a cool 27 piece. But Kevin Durant was the story. He was absolutely, positively unstoppable, man. And then he capped it off with the three over Chris Middleton um, that gave him a three-point lead with a minute, under a minute left. And he, he, he went, woo! And looked up and it was just like, man, this dude is, he's hes hes where he needs to be. He's right in the conversation with being the best player in the league. 
And it's hard to look at Kevin Durant play basketball and say that there's anyone on earth that plays basketball better than him. It's really hard to do. And Kevin Durant was absolutely spectacular. Um, And I heard a lot throughout yesterday about everyone piling on Milwaukee and that Milwaukee was making a lot of dumb moves and mistakes and yada yada. And I was like, the people who end up listening to this, I don't want to rehash a bunch of stuff and just talk about how stupid Milwaukee was just like everyone else did during the day. I wanted to go ahead and, and try to come with a different perspective. You know, psych! Psych! Milwaukee was trash. Absolute garbage. What the hell were they thinking? The The game plan was no game plan. They let... One leg hobbling ass, James Harden can't move laterally ass, play 46 minutes and didn't attack him. Giannis, still out here thinking he could take threes and take fadeaway jumpers, does not know how to be confident in the post and is not confident at the free throw line. And I love Giannis, man, but he's got severe holes in his game. And Chris Middleton, what are we doing, man? Drew Holiday, what are we doing? Pick and roll James Harden to death. He can't be on the court and not be attacked. So Charles Barkley really said it best. They are an amazing team, but they make they play some of the dumbest basketball you will see. <laughs> and I think I think regardless of the the result, even unless Milwaukee wins a title, I think Coach Bud has to be gone. And if they lose tonight, he's for sure gone. There's no question. To play that the way, to have the talent that they have, and approach the game the way that they did, has to be one of the most asinine approaches and game plans to a game in NBA history. It's funny that both of these things happened at the exact same time. Kevin Durant with one of the best individual performances you will ever see in a game, and the t- and a team in the Milwaukee Bucks who had one of the dumbest game plans and approaches to an NBA basketball game that you will ever see. The end result is Nets up 3-2. We'll see what happens in Milwaukee tonight. Um, Jazz Clippers, wow to this series. What a turnaround. Now, Kawhi just announced before game five he had an ACL injury. Um, and you see the replay. He kind of just gets hit, knee buckles a little. He ended up playing a couple more minutes and then ended up stopping. Um, still unknown on what his exact diagnosis is going to be. Um, but this game five, Utah started out, you want to talk about guns blazing. They hit 17 threes in the first half. But guess what? The Clippers were scoring as well, and they only were down five at the half. So it was interesting to see that Utah was just shooting the lights out, but they were only up five. Um, Donovan Mitchell obviously still compromised right now. You can tell when he plays, especially on off plays, he's just limping. But this game belonged to none other than Paul freaking George, man. I've criticized Paul George in the past. I will still be objectively critical of him. But when he plays well, he deserves praise. He played a spectacular basketball game. 37 points, 16 rebounds, 5 assists with no Kawhi Leonard. He put the team on his back 
and had an outstanding performance one of the best playoff games he's ever played now paul george is the definition of jekyll and hyde so i would not be shocked at all if he plays game six has 12 points and shoots four for 15 i wouldn't be shocked because just because he had this incredible game yesterday does not erase everything that he's done in his career good and bad like the Utah game still exists from 2018 with the Thunder. What happened in Denver against Denver last year still exists. Those things just don't exist or stop existing because you have this spectacular game. I will continue to be critically objective of Paul George until he truly just doesn't give a F and is consistent all across the board. He has had good and great games in this postseason he also has not showed up kind of like just the way paul george is but he doesn't deserve the criticism for that game he was the main reason he was the guiding light the driving force for that clippers team going up three two he had some help for sure and I'll talk about them now. reggie jackson who has turned into Kyrie all of a sudden what the hell is with this guy 15 points a game in the postseason. I know that's not Kyrie like, but just watching him like pull threes, guys, he's shooting 50 over 50% from the field and 53% from the three-point line. Where is this efficiency come from, Reggie Jackson? Where has this guy been forever? He was I in Detroit when he first got that starting gig, but his efficiency has always been low. This dude's pulling threes. Like, he's Steph, man. It's nuts. I don't know where the hell it came from. But he had 20 points. Was an incredible, incredible presence. Hit some real, real big shots when they needed it, man. Terrence Mann, finally Ty Lue. This is why I don't get Because Ty Lue gets credit for making coaching adjustments. Everyone saw it, man. They lost the first two games doing dumb stuff. And then they finally say, okay, we're going to play Luke or we're going to play Terrence Mann now. You should have been doing that off rip. Um, so I don't give them credit for making, quote unquote, an adjustment. They, they did it at the literal last possible moment. They should have done it way earlier. But Terrence Mann played great on both ends of the floor and Marcus Morris earning that $64 million, had 24 big ones. So Paul George, although the guiding light, had a lot of help from his teammates. So this was a complete team effort by the Clippers. Um, And now they're going to look to knock out the number one seed in the Western Conference tomorrow. People thought it was possible, obviously, but without Kawhi, it really looked like it was over. Oh, how a narrative can turn. The Clippers are one game away from their first Western Conference final since. Exactly. It would be their first in franchise history. Their very first Western Conference final. We'll see what happens. And now the perfect segue from one Clipper to a former Clipper, Coach Doc Rivers and his Philadelphia 76ers. And Coach Doc Rivers has unfortunately become synonymous with choking. 
gagging. Melting down in the worst possible moments. He's the only coach to lose a 3-1 series lead more than once. And he's done it three times. Twice with the Clippers, once in Orlando. And guess what Philly did? (laughs) Philly on Wednesday night had a 26-point lead against Atlanta, up 20 going into the fourth. Went ice cold as ice cold can be. Lou Williams had a great fourth quarter and a beginning to it. He played huge, keeping them in the game. While Trey Young was a constant throughout, finished with 39-7, and the kid has been putting on a postseason clinic. Embiid, after going 0-for-12 in the second half, started 8-for-8 in this game. It looked like it was over. But Atlanta hung around and hung around and kept chipping and chipping and chipping at that lead until they finally took it over and never gave it back. I believe they went up 105-104 and they didn't lose the lead after that. And the guys that Philly plays the most money played like shit. Shout out to Seth Curry, though, career high in the postseason. I believe he had 36. But looking at, looking at, oh my gosh, man. Looking at Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris. You can't be this anemic in a 2-2 game, a game five decider. That puts pressure on one team one way or the other. Tobias Harris was 2 for 12, y'all. Four points. Two years ago, or a season and a half ago, signed a five-year, $180 million deal. In your biggest game of the season, 2 for 12. Ben Simmons. Almost, almost anemic offensively. <laughs> Four for 14 from the free throw line. Four for 14 from the free throw line. And they even tried to hack a Ben, and it didn't work one time. He made both free throws. But guess what? Before that, two for 12. <laughs> two for 12. Or, excuse me, one for 12. I'm, I'm, I'm messing up right now. He was one for 10. And then ends up finishing 4 for 14. Your second best player is a 10 out of 100 on offense. Watching Gallinari guard him at the free throw line, it should just be... Because there's a mentality you have, right? And it doesn't have to be a professional one. Everyone who has played basketball knows or has been competitive in, any, in anything. If you're playing pickup or you're playing any kind of sport, if someone literally does not guard you, that's that the level of disrespect <laughs> shown 
is 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 at an all time high, man. And Ben Simmons has been in the league for a minute now. He's a young vet. For him to see guys still not honoring him at all, playing him at the free throw line, five to ten feet off. He should see that as disrespect, and he should find ways to be better. He hasn't. He's just been a good player who sometimes has moments of greatness because he is such a versatile weapon defensively. But he's in year five now. Year five. How much more time does he get? Giannis, same thing, year seven. Still no jumper. What will you do to adjust? And so far, neither of them have shown the propensity to do so. They've shown the effort, obviously. They're well-tuned athletes. They're professionals. You see that they give the effort. But a lot of it is just, it's up here, isn't it? Giannis takes 10 seconds to shoot free throws. Why? He's not confident in his free throw shooting. Ben Simmons is reluctant to go to the line. Why? Also, not confident in his shooting. You see his release. It's terrible. Giannis, same thing. It's terrible. And you would think, you're a professional athlete. This is your job. All That's what you do all day is just shoot. And work on your body. How are you not better? And for some guys, honestly, that's just who they are. In practice, when people aren't watching, you'll see every NBA. It's not just them. It's every NBA player. They'll go to the line, hit 20 out of 20 free throws. They'll hit 10 straight threes. Every position. But when the lights get brightest and when pressure is really applied, that's when these guys show you how much they're really worth. Tobias Harris showed you in a game that they really needed that he's going to go 2 for 12. In a game Philly needed at home, Ben Simmons, 4 for 14 from the free throw line. Even Embiid, who had 37 points and was incredible, did not have a field goal for the last seven minutes of that game and missed two critical free throws when they were down three. I don't know if it's a Doc Rivers thing, honestly. You'd call it a coincidence, but this thing keeps happening. It's an unfortunate thing to get attached to, but after a while, even as a coach, even if you can't really believe it, do you slightly believe it? Like, is all this stuff just, why is it happening to me? It's going to be real interesting in Atlanta tomorrow, man. They have a chance to go to the Eastern Conference Finals, and no one uh, saw that coming. But if they do, man, it'll be an awesome story. And Trey Young has done a lot to turn his narrative around. And the Atlanta Hawks are just a young, exciting team. Honestly, who knows? 
this could be their peak. It also could be the start of something. That's what makes it so exciting. And they're even down one of their premier players in DeAndre Hunter. So game six is going to be a dogfight. I can't wait to see what happens. All right, y'all. Appreciate you again for listening to the Good Look Podcast. This is your host, Leonard Pinkney, a.k.a. Agent P, a.k.a. L. Pinkney at the Good Look Podcast. Um, On Twitter and Instagram is where you'll find the links. Um, Can't wait to give y'all another episode. These playoffs have been sad, but also incredibly exciting as well. It's been literally every emotion, um, and I'm here for it, and I'm here to give you guys my thoughts on on everything. So let me know um, in the comments and the posts um, what you're looking for and what you like, what you don't like, and then I can go ahead and keep going and improving from there. So appreciate y'all time. Hope you have a good one. It's the good look podcast. It's the it's the it's the it's the it's the good look podcast.